Well, today we are continuing in our 15 minutes of Christmas series, and I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about joy. There's just a lot of joy that goes around at Christmas, and there's nothing more joyful than watching kids opening Christmas presents on Christmas morning. They like run down the stairs and they get all excited because Christmas presents are under the Christmas tree. They tear into them and they have this overwhelming joy. And uh, like I said, there's nothing like watching it. So uh, I've got a couple of videos I want to show you this morning of kids opening some Christmas presents. Um, and I, I think they're pretty funny. So uh, let's watch uh, the first video of this kid opening his Christmas present. So this kid is super excited, and all he got for Christmas was a CD player. I mean, doesn't he realize in a couple of years that nobody has CD players anymore, and there's no such thing as CDs? Who has a CD player anymore that you still use? A few of you, maybe. Not many, I don't think. Anyway, so he got excited about his CD player. Uh, How about these next uh, girls? These next girls get excited about some crazy stuff, so go ahead and see this. Don't look at it. Okay, put your hand on the box. Hold on, hold on, I don't have it. No, hold on. I can't reach it. (laughs) Okay, pull the box out. Refrigerator, refresher, baking soda. All the food you guys leave in the refrigerator? Yep, see all the food you got? Okay, Maddie and Jesse. Maddie, see the green box under Band Hero? Jesse, Jesse, open the red one. Don't say it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Go open it. Watch the wine. Okay, we can stop that one there. So do you guys realize what they got for Christmas? Refrigerators. I mean, come on. Who gets that excited about a refrigerator? I know they got these new ones that you like go to the grocery store and it'll tell you what you got in your refrigerator or what. But I mean, come on. They were like little tiny refrigerators that I don't know why they got so excited about. A refrigerator, for goodness sakes. Okay, last one. This is my favorite one. Uh, he, this guy does have reason to be super excited about his Christmas present. Thank <laughs> you.
is so excited but let's be honest yes reason it's the death star come on who wouldn't be that excited if you got a lego death star for christmas so there's nothing like joy it's seen uh, the joy on kids faces at christmas time and it reminds me of like the three best christmases i ever had uh, and they uh, they were in the years of 1989 1990 and 1991 in 1989 uh, we actually got a family present we didn't have a lot of money growing up and so our family present uh, we were a little behind the times at that time, but in 1989, we got a VCR as a family gift at Christmas. We were so excited. Some of you don't even know what the words, the, the initial VCR even mean. And, but we were so excited. We got our videotapes and we would put them in and we watched it all day. And it was like nothing we'd ever received before. Now kids just have Netflix and Hulu Plus and Amazon Prime and On Demand. And they can watch videos whenever they could. We couldn't. And then, and then the VCR would like mess up the video tape and then you'd have to try to repair the videotape it was awful but I had a VCR I was super excited until 1990 came along when 1990 came along all I wanted for, uh, for Christmas was a computer and the computer I wanted was a specific kind of computer. It was called a Commodore 64. A Commodore 64 uh, was uh, the latest, greatest thing at the time. And the 64 stood for the amount of memory in that computer. Now, when we say 64, we're not talking about 64 gigabytes. We're not talking about 64 megabytes. We're talking about 64 kilobytes. If you take a picture with your iPhone, that uses more memory than my entire computer or that entire computer. Well, so Christmas Day came. I was so excited because I was expecting a Commodore 64. I didn't get a Commodore 64. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. My mom instead had got me another computer. It was called a Spectrum 48K Plus. So it wasn't as good as the 64. It had 48 kilobytes of memory, but it had the plus, and the plus made all the difference. And what I had to do to load a game, like you didn't just like put it on or plug it in, uh, you had these cassette tapes that you'd have to put in a cassette tape player, you would hit like the play button and I think like the record and then you would hit something on the computer at the same time, it would take about 10 minutes of all these funny noises to load and then sometimes it wouldn't load properly after 10 minutes and you'd be like, ah, but if it loaded you were super excited uh, about it and that was my Spectrum 48K Plus, I thought there would be nothing greater, I couldn't have a better Christmas until 1991 came. And in 1991, I got wind that uh, that actually my mom hid Christmas presents in the house, and so I would snoop around and watch and, and try to look for Christmas presents. Anyone else? You would snoop. Yeah, some of you, some of you probably still are snooping, and so, uh, uh, but we would snoop around, and I saw it about two weeks before, and I was so excited, I had to like try to manufacture my joy on Christmas morning, because I didn't want to tell my mom I'd snooped around and seen the Christmas present, but it was there in a room, and it was what we call a snooker table. For those of you who have no idea what a snooker table is, it is a British version of a pool table, just a little bigger with smaller pockets, 
kids, and it's a very British game called snooker. It's pretty boring, but I loved it. I played it all year. It was the greatest Christmas present ever. I just remember those years of the joy I felt on Christmas morning, like this kid with his Death Star, like those crazy girls with their refrigerator, like that poor, poor boy with his CD player. The, 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 the joy that we feel, and it's amazing that kids have this ability to, to feel this overwhelming joy at Christmas. And while as adults we have these moments of happiness, it's often hard for us to shake off the dirt and the film of life on Christmas morning. Why we are happy uh, uh, about opening gifts and presents, it, it, sometimes it's hard to experience true joy because of what's going on in the rest of our lives. And, and kids are able to embrace a moment of joy like nothing else, like that kid with the Death Star. There was nothing else that mattered in life. All he got was the Death Star. That was all important to him. However, what you'll find with kids as they grow older, They get more exposed to this broken world. And what happens is the hustle of the previous 364 days starts to take precedence over Christmas Day. And as adults, we experience moments of happiness, all of you, whether you've had a good year or a bad year, a year full of happiness or a year of sorrow, you will experience or have experienced moments of happiness in your life this past year. But yet, to define joy in your life is probably becoming very difficult to do. See, as adults, it's very hard for us to separate what is happiness and joy in our lives. Webster's Dictionary defines joy as this. It says, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. So if that's true, no wonder kids on Christmas morning get so excited and filled with joy because often they are getting what or possessing what they desired to get. While everyone experiences happiness at one point or a moment in this life, very few actually have ever experienced the real emotion of joy in their lives. And this is my prayer for you this Christmas. This is my prayer for you and your family, that that you will experience joy this Christmas. I pray that this year that your home is filled with happiness, with laughter, with good cheer, with goodwill. But above everything else, my prayer for you is that your home will be filled with overwhelming joy this Christmas. Christmas. And the problem for so many is that they have never experienced joy. And this is why so many people have never experienced real joy. Because joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what joy is. Joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible tells us that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh, 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 and, and the fruit that if you get like a tree, a tree produces fruit, right? So that is the fruit of that tree. The fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives, one of the fruits is joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. See, joy is said a lot at Christmas. We don't often say it at other times of the year. We don't use this word joy so often at other times of the year. Maybe at a wedding, we're like, oh, look at that couple. They look so joyful. Or when a baby's being born and we're like, oh, what a joy that baby's going to be to you in life. And most people who say that have never had kids because 
It's like that first year, I'm not sure if it's joyful or crazy or stressful or the lack of sleep. But, you know, that's what they say. However, what if I told you that joy wasn't just for Christmas, not just for this season uh, of, of goodwill, not just for the month of December, but what if I told you that you could have the joy that, 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 that those kids have on Christmas morning, that you could have that every single day? What if every day you wake up and you could experience the joy that you feel on Christmas morning? See, the joy of Christmas isn't supposed to be for this, just this time of year. That the joy of Christmas isn't supposed to be just 15 minutes of happiness. I love watching kids open their gifts on Christmas morning, but you watch them three days later and they're not even playing with those gifts. They don't even care anymore. The kid built the Death Star probably in like three hours and then that was it. I mean, like, what's he going to do with a Lego Death Star? It's not like he can throw it around or make it fly. And, and, and that's what kids, kids do because it's 15 minutes of happiness. But the joy... That overwhelms our hearts, embalms our soul, and becomes our companion, even on cold, wet Monday mornings, even on very icy Saturday mornings. And this is the joy that you can have, not just on Christmas Day, but for 365 days of the year. And so this morning, what I want us to do, I want us to take a look at the Christmas story with with some different eyes. I want us to look at the Christmas story through the filter of seeing where was the joy in the very first Christmas. And my prayer through this is that you will understand what it takes to feel this emotion of joy and that you will understand that joy is only found in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. And so the first emotion that we see uh, of joy in the Christmas story is this. It is the joy, the emotion of leaping for joy. Leaping for joy. Now, the only time we talk about leaping for joy really at Christmas is if you're singing the 12 days of Christmas or the 12 yeah the 12 days of Christmas and uh, and and you talk about there are 12 lords who are leaping that's right 12 lords right 12 lords are leaping you don't see much about leaping for joy anywhere else but you find it in the Bible. And so if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start reading at verse 39. Just to give you some context, Mary has just found out that she is pregnant with Jesus. She has found out that, that, the, that the, the, the Holy Spirit has come and given her Jesus, and she's never been with a man, and so it's this miracle baby. And one of her relatives, Elizabeth, has also got pregnant. Now, Mary was a a young girl, a young teenager, but Elizabeth was an older lady and they they couldn't have children. There was some infertility in the home. And so the Holy Spirit comes through through an angel and the angel says, Elizabeth, you are going to have a child even in your old age. And so with that context, this is what it says in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad glad cry, exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So Mary and Elizabeth are pregnant and they get together and this moment happens. Now, there's something that I don't understand as a man. And this is what I have to admit to you I don't understand. Women. (laughs) Pregnant women. Don't understand them at all. So this is what I've discovered. Women love to be pregnant at the same time. Right? I don't know why you'd want to be pregnant with your girlfriends at the same time, but you have this joy about you when it happens. So I remember when my wife was pregnant and we announced it to, uh, to, to the, we announced it to the church and then some people beforehand. And I was in a room and then there was Laura, who is our early childhood coordinator. And then there was Zoe in the room and she is our uh, programming and servicing director here at Generation Church. And they were all pregnant. They were pregnant at the same time. And then they found out that Raquel was pregnant. And it was the weirdest conversation ever. They were just like, oh, we're pregnant together. Isn't this so exciting? What wonderful. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I was like, I just don't understand this moment for a moment. I'm like, what is going on? Why are you all so excited about being pregnant together? But ladies do that. And so Mary had just found out she's pregnant. Elizabeth has just found out she's pregnant. They go to each other's house. You can imagine this moment. Oh, we're going to be pregnant together. Isn't this going to be wonderful? I'm like, don't understand it, but that's probably what happened. So as they come together, Mary comes in and they're all excited, you know, because they can plan a baby shower together or whatever. They can, you know, they can plan, I don't know, changing diapers together. Why, why do you even like get excited? I don't know. But they got together and as they got together, Suddenly, as Mary entered the room, the baby within Elizabeth leaped for joy. This wasn't just some kick, you know. It wasn't just some, some, some baby just turning or moving. It was a leap, like the baby was going to come right out of her. And then the Bible says, as the baby leaped for joy, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a pretty amazing situation that happened. Now let's give some more context. The baby within Elizabeth that had been promised was going to be named John. He would be known as he grew up as John the Baptist. John the Baptist was one of the greatest men who ever walked this earth. One of the greatest prophets of God that Israel and Judea had ever known. He actually made a pathway or made the way and uh, and created the foundation so that Jesus could come and talk about how the kingdom of God is near uh, and and bring the salvation of God. So this man who who would become a great man of God, he, he is still in his mother's womb. He has been formed. He doesn't know anything about the outside world at all. He, he still probably hasn't got uh, all the things going on that, that we need as human beings to survive in this world. But this is what he knows. He knows that when Jesus comes near, even Jesus in a womb of a woman, when Jesus is near, there is reason to leap for joy. That's what he understands. See, this moment right here shows us that the very presence of Jesus changes the atmosphere. For Jesus is a change maker. See, really, I don't think that Mary and Elizabeth were like some of you ladies and getting all freaked out and excited because they were pregnant together. I think maybe they were a little scared. Mary was without a husband. She just had a fiancé. She was a young girl, just a young teenager. Elizabeth was an older woman. 
who, who was excited that she was pregnant, but you know the health difficulties of an older woman being pregnant, and I'm sure there was fear within them. I'm sure as they came together, there was the uncertainty, the unknown. What are people going to say? How are we going to look after this, these babies? But yet, as soon as Jesus enters the room, the atmosphere changes. Suddenly, the atmosphere becomes joy because in the presence of Jesus, there is joy. The psalmist said that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And when Jesus is close, Jesus changes the atmosphere. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 30 verse 11, he said, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken my, away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. See, this is what the presence of Jesus can do. You can be going through a sorrowful situation, a situation of mourning, of heartache. But as soon as the presence of Jesus turns up, what happens? The atmosphere changes. There's no longer sorrow, but there is joy. So much joy that some of you may be even to step into some joyful dancing. I would love to see that at Generation Church. Some of you step into some joyful dancing. But that is what happens when Jesus is near. There is something about joy that makes you want to leap. Leap for joy like 12 lords are leaping. So you see, happiness makes you smile. But joy makes you leap. Have you ever seen like a, a sports fan, maybe at a, a sports stadium and their team is down with just a couple of seconds to go and then somebody makes a, a game-winning shot or a game-winning touchdown or they score a game-winning goal? You notice the fans, they don't just stand there and smile and give a little golf clap. Bravo. Well done. They go crazy. They'll be like jumping, like, yeah, singing. You know, they'll be hugging each other. You'll be hugging strangers. And, you know, they go crazy and they're leaping for joy. And that is exactly what happens when you experience the true presence of Jesus. Let me tell you, never be afraid to dance or leap for joy. I don't care what people say. Never be afraid to dance or leap for joy. It doesn't matter who's watching you because the Lord, Jesus Christ, has the ability to turn your mourning and your sorrow into a moment and a lifetime of joy. And that is reason to leap and dance. And that's exactly what John did even when he was in his mother's womb. The second emotion we see of joy in the Christmas story is this. Emotion two, singing for joy. Singing for joy. Luke chapter 2 verses 6 to 14 tells us this. Jesus had just been born to, to, uh, in the town of Bethlehem. Mary, his mother, and, and Joseph, Mary's fiance, had come. And it said this in verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find him wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
It says this, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So Jesus has been born and there's shepherds in the fields doing their work. Suddenly an angel appears to them, declares that the Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born. And then the shepherds see a vast host of angels, the armies of heaven, come in and they're all doing one thing. They're singing and praising God. Now some of you, you're going to need to get used to something when you get to heaven. The Bible says that when we die, we'll be you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And that we will be going to a place called heaven where there will be, uh, the Bible says there'll be new heaven and new earth and there'll be streets of gold. There'll be like rubies and emeralds glistening and, uh, and, 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 and the radiance of God's glory will light the city. When we get there, there's something you're going to need to get used to. Singing. Singing. I think there's going to be a glee club on every corner. For those of the people who died while they were in the 80s, they're going to be walking around with their ghetto blasters on their shoulder. Those who, you know, died maybe in, in the 20s, they're going to be doing some like swing kind of dancing. They're, they're people who died like, you know, in the 1800s, they had like these like, I don't know, like megaphone things. People who died when they were in David's age, they're going to have these kind of strange harps. And then our generation, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to have our AirPods in, listening to our iPhones. Because they're going to be singing in heaven. And this is why. Because whenever you see uh, somebody in the Bible who either had a vision of heaven or experienced heaven or they experienced a host of angels, this is always what happens. There was always singing. The angels started singing, glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth. And this is what happens in heaven. There is singing and singing. And this is why. Because in, in heaven, there is abundant joy. And whenever there is abundant joy, there is always singing. Something I love about weddings. I love, you know, after the reception is started, people have eaten. And then people make their way to the dance floor. And you've got some people who should never be on that dance floor, but they're on the dance floor. And then they play a song that everybody thinks they know. And they're on the dance floor and then suddenly they're like singing out the lyrics. And really you're looking at their lips and, the, and you're hearing the lyrics and they're not matching up because they think they know the lyrics and they don't really. Uh, but, but they're singing out because there's this joy. And what happens when there's joy, there is song. The psalmist said that he being God has put a new song in my heart. And so new song in my mouth, I should say. See, songs of praise emanate from those who are full of joy. And that's why we sing here at church. Not because it's just something that we do. We sing here at church because we are people who are supposed to experience the presence of Jesus. And his presence brings joy. And out of joy comes a heart full. Uh, out of joy comes, comes um, uh, songs of praise. Because songs of praise come out of a heart that is filled with joy. See, I think it's important for us to sing. I love taking a shower in the morning. I don't know what it is about taking a shower, but I start to sing in the shower. You never want to be in the house when I'm taking a shower because you'll be like, what is, who killed the cat? 
But I love to sing because there's something about what happens when you are feeling good and joyful and you want to sing out. And I think it's important to sing and this is why I think it's important to sing. Because often joy has to be proclaimed before it's felt. I'll say that again. Joy often has to be proclaimed before it is felt. See, some of you, you may not be experiencing joy in your life. And maybe it's because you're just not singing enough. Maybe you're not proclaiming enough. See, the angels, they sing for joy because they know that the one who brings joy is near. And we see this in the Christmas story, the emotion of singing with joy. The last emotion we see in the Christmas story concerning joy. Emotion three, ecstatic with joy. Ecstatic with joy. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about that time some wise men, or a true translation would say some magi, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Then let's fast forward to verse 9. It says, the wise men, or the magi, went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These magi, these wise men, they had come from the east. And many people believe they come from the, the Persian Empire. That they were not Jewish people. They did not worship a Jewish god. In fact, magi is where we get the word magicians from. That they were into lots of different stuff. They, they, they worshipped and studied the stars. That they were anything that we would call God-fearing people. But yet something happened within them. God had revealed himself to them. And they saw this star and they followed the star. They went on a journey to see where this star would end. Many scholars believe that they went on a long journey. This wasn't just get in the car, go to the supermarket quick and come back. This was a long journey. Some people think it could have been six months. Some scholars say it could have been anything up to two years of this journey. But this is what the Bible tells us. As the star stopped over the house where Jesus was. And they came close to the house where Jesus was. The Bible says the Magi were filled with joy. They were filled with joy. See, I could even just imagine as they got to the house, they'd been on this journey, whether it's six months or two years, and the anticipation had built. And, and they got close to the house, and suddenly I could imagine they got some butterflies in their stomach. And maybe some of them were like, oh, we need, I need a bathroom before we go in. Uh, it's, like, it's too exciting. We're going to get to see this newborn king of the Jews who, who we've come to, to worship and see. And, and you can imagine the anticipation that is filling their hearts. You know, often, the joy of anticipation is just as much as the joy of the real thing. Some of you, you got kids and you know your kids are very joyful right now because they are anticipating certain gifts for Christmas. 
And you know you want to make sure that they get those gifts because you wouldn't want to break their poor little hearts. And the anticipation is filling them with joy. Have you ever got a ticket or paid for a ticket to a concert that you've always wanted to go to? Or maybe you've booked that vacation for next year. You're looking forward to it. and You know you're going to have a great time. But the joy that fills you as you go into Ticketmaster and you get that ticket for that concert. And you're feeling this joy already. This joy of anticipation. As maybe you've gone on to like Travelocity or Expedia or Priceline. You've booked your vacation. And suddenly the joy that's within you and the anticipation of maybe a week with no kids and the beach. It fills your heart with joy. And this is what happens with the Magi. But this is also what happens with the Magi. I think it's amazing. Notice they were filled with joy even before they saw Jesus. They didn't even have to see Jesus to feel the joy because they knew the presence of Jesus was near. And there's many of you today, you you. you When you came to experience Jesus for the first time, you did not know Jesus. You you barely knew anything about Jesus, but the joy that filled your heart was so much. And maybe you're in this place today and you've never worshipped Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. and You don't even know really what this Jesus thing is all about. But this morning you're in this place and you are feeling a joy. And that is because the presence of Jesus is close. And where the presence of Jesus is close, there is joy. These magi hadn't even seen Jesus, but they were experiencing the joy of Jesus. There's something about when you first meet Jesus that this joy fills you. The psalmist said in Psalm 51.12, he says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. See, what he understood, he understood the first time he, he encountered God and the salvation and the grace and the love of God. There was a joy within him that he never wanted to let go. And some of you, you've been walking this journey of faith for a long time and maybe you've lost your joy a little. And this psalm would be for you, restore to me the joy of my salvation. See, this is what happens when Jesus is near. It fills our hearts and our lives with joy. That is what the presence of Jesus can do. When you experience Jesus, something changes within you. You no longer need instant gratification. Because you know there's something within you that has filled your heart. You know there's something within you that just makes you want to proclaim and sing. There may be even something in you that as you're walking along this journey of life, you've got a little leap in your step and it's called joy. This Christmas, as you come close to Jesus, you'll realize that while gifts and Christmas Christmas traditions are wonderful and they bring happiness and they bring good cheer and we feel good about them you'll start to understand the closer that you get to Jesus, that even those things eventually will leave us a little empty. But the joy that comes with the presence of Jesus, there is nothing like it. It will fill your life and change your life. It will change the atmosphere of your home and the the, the atmosphere of your life. 
See, joy isn't something that just lasts for 15 minutes. It's not based on what's going on around you or what's, what, 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 what's happening in your life. But joy is a gift from God. It is his gift to you this Christmas. And that is why we can sing with all honesty, joy to the world, the Lord has come.